us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the little dusting of snow. I know so many kids would love for it to snow today. If it does, wait till we go home, Lord. (laughs) Open our hearts and minds to receive from your word this morning. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Please be seated. So I have a hard topic this morning. This morning we're going to talk about waiting. Waiting is hard, right? You wait for, you're in a car, you're waiting to get somewhere, and it's, are we there yet? You are at home, you're waiting for a friend to come over, and it's like, when is it going to happen? We were waiting for friends to show up yesterday, and we started at 7 a.m., even though they weren't getting there till 3.30. Just all day. Are they here yet? Is it how long? But it's that waiting. We don't like waiting. We wait for vacations. We wait for summer vacation. For adults, we wait in grocery lines. We wait on the freeways in traffic. Waiting is hard. Kids, I have a present for you this morning. I bought 170 donut holes. You have to wait till after the service for them. Isn't that hard? You gotta wait. You gotta wait till after the service. We're waiting. Waiting is hard. They'll be here though after the service. But did you know that research shows? that waiting can actually be good for us. Do you know that waiting can be beneficial in success in school, success in a job, success in relationships? That waiting, according to research, can actually make us more successful in some of these areas. Why? Because it can produce patience, self-control. Sometimes, when we wait for something, we're a little more satisfied. You guys are going to love those donuts by the time we get to them. My daughter said, how many of you kids especially get excited about Christmas? Raise your hand. My daughter said she's actually excited that we have the time before Christmas that we put the tree up, that we sing the Christmas carols, that we decorate the gingerbread houses, because then by the time you get to Christmas, it's even more special because we worked up to it. That there's actually benefit in waiting. There's also spiritual benefit in waiting. That when we wait, God can use that waiting. And our story this morning about a man named Simeon that Deacon Lori read. He is waiting. So we're going to talk about his story. Um, I'm going to tell it to you briefly. You heard it read. Here's the story. Simeon is an older man, like a grandpa. Simeon has gone to the temple. What we know about him is that he is righteous, he is devout, Um, We don't know what he does for a living. He might be a carpenter. He might be a toy maker. He might be a chef. Uh, Maybe he's a rabbi. We don't know because Luke doesn't tell us. All he tells us is he's a righteous man. And he goes to the temple, and while he's there, 
he meets Joseph and Mary. And who do Joseph and Mary have with them? Kids? Jesus. They have Jesus. And he takes Jesus and he blesses him and he blesses these parents. But he says something in this blessing that is really, really profound. He says, now I can depart in peace. And here's what he means. He means that he can now die peacefully. He can now die without regrets. If I ask the adults in the room, do you struggle with any regrets? Probably most of us have something. Decisions that we've made, maybe a relationship that we had kind of fractured and wish we'd done better to fix. We probably have some items on a bucket list that we haven't done yet. And if we died right now, we kind of wish we'd done some of those things. Kids, you'll get some later as you grow up. Could you imagine something so profound that it takes away all your regrets, takes away all your bucket list items, and you could just say, because of this, I could depart in peace, totally satisfied. That's what Simeon gets in this story. And what it is, is he gets to see Messiah. He gets to see the promise that all the prophets made. Everything in the Old Testament, he gets to see that. And it's so amazing and so wonderful that he says, I can depart in peace. And that's the story. Very simple. But what I want to talk about is one thing that Luke draws out in here that is true of Simeon, and I believe should be true of all of us, the kids, the adults, all of us. He says that, Sim- that uh, Simeon was waiting. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. He was waiting for the return of Yahweh. He was waiting for the promises that were made. And it wasn't something that was just, eh, now and then he brings it up. He was waiting. And here's the only two things I want to do this morning. What does it mean to wait? And why is it so important? That's it. Two very simple things. What does it mean to wait? How do we wait? All right, kids, have you ever done this before? Have you? I haven't said it yet. We've already got a yes. Jumped off of a bridge and... Have you ever laid on the floor, stared at the ceiling, and went, I'm so bored? Ever done that? Okay. You are sitting there waiting, doing nothing, just going, I'm so bored. That's not the waiting in the Bible. When it talks about waiting, waiting is not doing nothing. It's also not this. Parents, have you ever been sitting at a stoplight Somebody's ahead of you, the light turns green, and they don't go. Why did they not go? Because they were on their phone, not paying attention to the light, and it is also not not paying attention. Hey, they were waiting, right? They're waiting for the light, but they're not paying attention to the light. They're just sitting there, focus all over the place. This is biblical waiting, and you will see waiting 
Moses does it. You'll see it in the prophets. You'll see it in the Psalms. You'll see it in Paul's epistles. Waiting is this. It is an intentional focus on looking for and to God. It's when we intentionally are focused on looking for God and to God. That's the waiting. It's an active thing. It's not lying on the floor going, I'm so bored. Come on, God, do something. It's also not, well, I know I'm waiting, but I'm going to be doing these things over here until something happens. It's when we are focused and intentional about seeking God and looking for God. Here's an example. In the New Testament, after Jesus is raised, he tells his disciples, I want you to go to Jerusalem and wait. But you know what they're doing while they're waiting? They're praying. They're looking at the scriptures. They are gathered together. There's an activity in the waiting where they're focusing on the Lord in prayer through the scriptures by being together and even in obedience, part of what they do is they're looking at the scriptures and they think, we've, according to the scriptures, there need to be 12 of us. And so they're obeying the scriptures. The description of Simeon is that he's righteous and devout. That means he does the right things and he's seeking God. That's part of his waiting. Right? When we are called to wait, it means we're focused and intentional on looking for God, on seeking God, and on seeing what God is doing. Right? That's waiting. All right, here's an example from my life recently. We went to iFly this week. Everybody know what iFly is? It's over by the mall there. It's how you go skydiving without jumping out of a plane. Right? Giant glass cylinder, huge fans that blow this air, and then you step out onto it, And you fly, which is why it's called iFly. My daughter and I did that this week. Now, in order to get ready for doing it, they have to train you. There's a very, very important thing you have to do. It's your body position. So they take you into this room, and you have to watch a video. Then your coach comes in. He's the guy that's going to go in with you to help you. And you have to work through, and there's this bench, and they want to make sure you know how to put your body right. right? And this is what he said to us. First, it's your hands. They go like this. You've got to have your hands out. He said, there's a couple reasons. One of them is very important. You're in a wind tunnel, and you're going to be moving around in that wind tunnel. It's a glass wind tunnel, and you may go forward right into the glass. So you need your hands to keep yourself from going into the glass. And he said, it's really important because last week they had a gentleman that decided as he was moving right towards the glass that the best thing he should do is do this. Now, kids, he still stopped with his face. (laughs) Boom, right into the glass. And then because it's a wind tunnel and it moves you around, he went along the glass. So he's like, keep your hands out. Don't lift them up because you're going to smash into the glass. He said, and then you cannot hear them inside this wind tunnel. It is so loud, they make you take earplugs, plus you're wearing a helmet over it, 
And so they do sign language. They've got these little signs. You have to learn them all. He said, as you're in there, I'm going to be giving you these signs. I'm going to be telling you because you have to have your legs and your arms and your head in a certain position, and I'm going to guide you the whole time. So here's what I did. I got in there, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to do this right. I'm going to listen. I'm going to follow the rules. And I was so intent on doing exactly what he told me to do that I was ignoring my face. Have you ever seen a dog when it sticks its head outside of a window of a moving car? That's what I looked like. My jowls were going... And, I'm embarrassed to say this, I was also ignoring the spit that was coming out. And it was just covering me like Santa Claus. I had all this white all over my face. My wife had to look away. But what I was doing is I was waiting to hear from this instructor and then do exactly as he told me. And he would go, okay, legs just a little bit. He's doing these sign languages. This is bend your legs. This is put your legs out straight. This is bring them closer together. And he would do this. And I'm like, okay, I'm doing that. All right, I'm doing this. All right, legs are going up. All right, this is going like this. And I'm just following all these things he's doing. But I'm waiting on him. But it's an active waiting. I'm looking for what I'm supposed to be doing. Like I'm watching his hand signals. And as I'm watching for them, I'm trying to respond to what he's telling me to do. That's biblical waiting, where you are looking for what God is doing. You're in the word. You're praying. You're seeking him. You're not just going, oh, whatever, God, just do something. But you're actively looking, and then when he acts, you're responding. That's what Simeon does. That's waiting on God. Now, why is it so important to wait? Last point. Do you know that this story could be very different if Simeon had not been waiting? Do you know that he might not have even, we might not even have this story. Let me give you just a little hair background, a little bit of background here. Simeon is not a priest. He's not dressed in any way special. He's just an ordinary guy who's in the temple. Mary and Joseph Ordinary parents in the temple, and they've got their baby, and they have this chance encounter. Now, kids, how do you recognize a superhero? Okay, they can fly. How else? They have capes. They have masks. They have, I mean, when you see Spider-Man, you know it's Spider-Man because he's dressed like Spider-Man. Superman looks like Superman. And then what happens when they're not in their superhero outfits? Does anybody recognize them? No. I mean, they can walk around in public and nobody knows who they are. Did you know that when Mary and Joseph brought Jesus to the temple, he was not wearing a messianic onesie? (laughs) There was no savior cape. Like There was nothing about him that would identify him as the savior. He wasn't dressed in some superhero outfit to show Simeon that this is the one. But Simeon knew because Simeon was waiting. He was looking for what God was doing. God had already told him, I'm going to reveal this to you at some point. And so here's what looks like a chance encounter that Simeon does not miss because he's looking. He's looking for what God is doing. And when you are not looking, 
it is easy to miss things. If there's a particular bike that you want, it's amazing how many of those bikes you will start to notice. Like going around your neighborhood, it's like, oh yeah, like that one, like that one, like that one. Parents notice it when they buy houses or cars. It's like all of a sudden, oh my goodness, there's so many of these SUVs that I I didn't know they were out here. Well, you're not making them appear. They were already there, but you started paying attention. And all of a sudden you're noticing what had been there the entire time, but when you weren't focused on it, you missed it. Kind of like Legos. Here's the Lego guy. He's been sitting here this whole time watching us. He's been hanging out, sitting there. Look around behind me. See if you can find the rest. There's a bunch more Lego guys. They're all over. They're attached to stands and to speakers and there's one connected to a candle and oh this poor guy over here got hidden a little bit he's hidden by the podium i should i should bring him out just so you can see him here's superman i don't want to miss superman um they've been taped here the entire time they're small but now that you see them for those of you that do you'll see them the rest of the service whenever you look there they've been here the whole time It's not that we're creating them by looking for them. It's that now that we're aware of it and we start looking, we start seeing what's there. The same thing is true of God. There are things that God is doing, but when we are distracted by our phones like the person sitting at the stoplight, we don't even notice when it changes. Somebody's got to come up and go, hey, move, I'm honking my horn. Has that happened to you where somebody has pointed out to you where God is moving in your life? You're like, I don't know what's going on. You're telling the story and they go, dude, like God was doing this. You're like, oh yeah. That's what waiting is. It's when we are intentionally focused on looking for God and what God is doing. And kids, it's not just for adults. It's for you guys too. Seeing and looking for God moving in our lives. That's what Simeon was doing. That's what we're called to do. Kids, anybody have a New Year's resolution? Obey your parents, right? Oh, he shook his head. It wasn't very enthusiastically, though. Okay, don't be bad. And then throw a fit. (laughs) Don't hit your brother when your brother hits you. These are good. Anybody else? New Year's resolution? Anybody? We've got a lot of sibling rivalry going on here. Most of these are centered on those. Do you know that sadly, there will be a hundred million people that make resolutions. And by this time next year, 90% will have failed. I mean, just think of the numbers, that staggering number. 
By March, the statistics are half. We'll have already given up by March. However, it's not that they don't work. Sometimes we do bad ones. We do ones that are way too much. Like this year, I'm going to lose 50 pounds. I'm going to stop smoking. I'm going to get a better job. I'm going to, it's like, yeah, those aren't going to work that much. Here's mine. I want to wait on God better. I want to focus on waiting on God better. Being more intentional about looking for what God is doing. And I want to encourage you along the same lines. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your Son. Thank you for the love that you've shown in Him, the forgiveness and new life that we have through Him, Lord, the hope that we have. And as we go into this next year, Lord, please help us to wait on you, to seek your strength, to seek your favor, to seek your direction, or to follow more closely those things that you are doing in our lives. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.